Beautiful greetings, everybody. My name is Alex Flores. And I am Meredith Frigo. And you're listening to Tea Time with Bitter and Sweet. Weird, poetic, emotional. That sounds like me. We're talking about documentaries, though. I am a masterpiece. <laughs> sure. Meredith, my dear. Yes. What are you drinking? I am drinking a chai latte. I basically, I just put some almond milk in there, some hot water, and then some condensed milk, condensed sweetened milk. It's mm-hmm. become my new favorite thing right now. I don't know mm. what the deal is with that. I don't normally do that. It's not something I normally do. I saw somebody do it in a YouTube video somewhat recently with coffee, and it has become my coffee creamer, which I don't normally do. I see. But you know, people put that in Thai tea a lot. Yes. It's in a lot of Thai tea. Yes. And I've been watching a lot of Asian-y themed mm, videos yeah. and they do evaporated milk a all, lot. All the time. And so I was like, we're going to try this. And I like it a lot. So I've started putting it in it. literally everything. Literally. Literally everything. I used to use powdered coconut milk. Did you? Yeah. It wasn't that great. As I say, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> so... <laughs> All power to you, though. Thanks. What are you drinking? You are your own I, barista today. I, once upon a time, yes, I was my own barista. I have one of those now. She's on call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I am going back to the basics mm-hmm. uh, with my favorite matcha green tea latte. Yes. And my least oh, favorite. So I'm glad so that you like it. Oh, good. <laughs> but looking at our cups, they look very appealing. They do. Like mine is very creamy and green and yours is very creamy and um, brown, beige. As I say, it looks Caucasian to it me. It looks fluorescent beige. So yeah. Caucasian. Caucasian. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so I just Caucasian. made mine with some hot water and a little bit of matcha green tea powder. Mm-hmm. And then I put that almond milk in there because almond milk is the best. Actually, no, that's a lie. Cashew milk is the best. It, that's a lie. It's re- oh, it's so good. Legitimately, it's so expensive. Lies. It's so much more expensive than almond milk. But it's, you know why? Uh, it's because they know it. they're ripping people off. <laughs> it's lies that it's better. <laughs> tr- truly, I think my favorite is oat milk recently because it's so creamy. Oat milk is really smooth. I enjoy it's it. Smooth. One of my favorite it's words. A great descriptor. So I just rolled my eyes. So smooth. So smooth. Smooth. It is your favorite descriptor. It is. I Additive. use it a lot. <laughs> Her voice is just so smooth, you know? <laughs> Everything could be My car tires, you. they're just so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. Yes. Today, mm-hmm. documentaries. Yeah. Do you have any favorites and what kind of, do you like, okay, first, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Do you like documentaries? Personally, they're not my go-to choice. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there you are can go fuck yourself. That's thank okay. you. Thank yes. you so much. Um, um, okay. There are documentaries that I have enjoyed and there are specific types of documentaries that I have studied. Mm-hmm. I'm not somebody who strays away from documentaries, but I'm not somebody who chooses, Oh, Hey, let's do a movie night. There's a documentary about whales. Let's do that. <laughs> you know okay. what? That's not the kind of person I am. I got you. It's fine. But I have seen some and I do have a favorite. Tell me. We've talked about it before. Oh, okay. On the show. I got really excited. <laughs> um, I'm still excited, though. Tell me anyway. Paris is burning. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, yes, we have talked about this. Yes, so Paris is Burning is a remarkable New York documentary about the, pretty much just the New York gay club scene um, and how it pertains to gay culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, I don't want to go into details because you are more than welcome to go back and listen to our previous episodes. But um, my favorite, I mean, it's just an icon of the culture. So it's what, and it was in the nineties, I think. Yeah, it was in, uh, it, it, well, the documentary itself spans over a total of like seven years time, but I think it's it's made in the nineties, early nineties. Yeah. But, um, it's an incredible documentary and it's one of my favorites, if not my top favorite documentary of all time, uh, coming in a close second is a docu series Mm -hmm. that is not actually a documentary. Okay. But the person who owns it calls it a documentary. (laughs) People call all kinds of shit documentaries. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of a little name of Mariah Carey. No, never heard of her. Okay, good. I don't know her. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs) I did that just for you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, so she had a reality TV show uh-huh. that uh, she calls... Did she call it a documentary? She called it a docu-series. What the hell? Because it was a documentary of her life on tour. Or her life kind of like at a specific time in her... Mm. In her... I'm not sure how I feel about Calling it a documentary, well, but I could, I could want, see it. She's such a diva. She didn't want to call it a reality show. <laughs> it's called Mariah's World. I think that makes her anti-diva because <laughs> divas would hop on that train and being like, yeah, this shit's about me. No, Mariah has this really like big, not, not really big, but low-key beef mm-hmm. with people who are famous <laughs> without talent. Okay. Not to mention any names. Kim. I was about but, to say, but you're about to mention a name. <laughs> Not to mention any names, but she has this, um, she said in an interview one time that she really, really is quite disgusted by the concept that people, uh, pop culture, I guess, puts people on this pedestal mm-hmm. for being famous mm-hmm. without actually having any talent. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe they should do a documentary about that. They, Definitely should. Maybe they already have, and I just don't know. I will produce it. Okay. And we're going to talk about kind of how to start making your own documentary (laughs) a little bit. Uh, But anyway, so there's this like not to get too deep into it, but it's this whole thing about like how, how do I word this correctly? There's this very strong belief that pop culture recognizes that train wrecks get airtime. They do. So act nasty, act slutty, Mm -hmm. act evil, and you'll get paid. Sure. And But to me, there's a big difference between a documentary and a reality mm -hmm. TV show. Mariah's is a reality TV show, but she calls it a docu-series. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. She's documenting her life. Well, okay. So that's my close second. <laughs> I I truly love documentaries. Yeah. I enjoy them a lot. I just watch them for fun mm-hmm. because I think they're awesome. Well. And uh so yeah, ones I enjoy. Oh, gross. Sips tea. 
<laughs> yeah, we all heard it. <laughs> uh, documentaries that I enjoy. I love food ones a lot. I love food documentaries. Oh, yes. You have shown me quite a few of those, actually. Yes. Just Table. I don't know if it's considered a documentary, but truly, I do love those. It's, that I, is a really good show. It just is. Yeah. I, I, it gives me inspiration for mm-hmm. food, and I just really enjoy it a lot. Uh, street Food's another one, and it's about mm-hmm. street food life and I things like that. I remember that one, too. Love it. Uh, I love ones about politics, such as Reversing mm. Roe. That's a really big one that I really loved. Uh, it made me mad, um, as all political <laughs> documentaries do. Uh, the other one I really enjoyed recently is called The Family, and it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Not sponsored, just okay. so everybody knows. Uh, I like anything about the royal family, the queen, mm. anything about her. Anything. <laughs> I've literally, I feel like I've probably watched every single thing Goodness. on The Queen. Uh, or Diane, Diana, mm-hmm. not Diane, Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything about fashion, I'm all about that. I love my favorite ones mm-hmm. are ones like Dior and I. I love that mm-hmm. one. There's one called Iris is re- that's really good. Did you ever see the documentary about Marc Jacobs? Mm, I don't know. Mm, or Zach Posen. Did you see Zach Posen? I think, I, think I have seen Oh that my one. gosh, that one was so good. Uh, one that I really liked was called The Boy Who Made Shoes for Lizards. Oh, you've, you've mentioned this before. And it, it is really mm. good. So uh, anyway, those are just suggestions of ones that I enjoy. Mm. And I watch quite a bit of them. So, And mm-hmm. I even have some on my list of, of things, things to, to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> heck yeah, I'm going to pop myself some popcorn and throw in a documentary. Yeah, And that's like a, a, a picture of a good time for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I know some people are like, that's lame. Documentaries are terrible. Mm. But I love them. I think if I were to choose like a category that was my favorite, I would say architecture. Okay. I love seeing things get built. And we're also going to uh, talk about types of documentaries mm. that there are. Um, but one that I want to talk about is a mockumentary. Have you ever heard of those? I've, he- I've heard of them, but in like a comedy way. A very famous mockumentary <laughs> is The Office. <laughs> <laughs> The Office is an example of a mockumentary. We love a mockumentary. Uh, I love The Office, truly. Like we stand. <laughs> um, another one that's become popular recently is called American Vandal. Hmm. And it's actually really good. Russell and I decided to start watching it, and it, it's also on Netflix. Again, we're not sponsored. Netflix <laughs> just happens to be the place that I go for for documentaries. They have a lot of really good ones. They do. And um, mockumentaries is what you think it is. It's basically a comedy, usually. Mm-hmm. Although American Vandal, like it is comedic, yeah. but like they have emotions in it like you would in a documentary. Mm-hmm. Even in The Office, I guess, they have emotions and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it's like in American Vandal, it's these students that are doing a documentary about things happening at their school. Hmm. And the first one, like there's two seasons and like the first season is, I won't give too much away, but like the first season is them trying to figure out who uh, drew all these dicks on a car. Oh my gosh. I've seen that before. Have you? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny actually. And, and uh, so if you are into stuff like that, if you like mm-hmm. the office, you might like American Vandal. Yeah. Uh, it's just made up. It's fake, but it's a movie or a show shot mm-hmm. to look like a documentary. Yeah. That's what it is for anybody who doesn't know. Now, you know, and you can't ever say that again. What's the season of American Horror Story where they do it documentary oh, style? Oh, 
and that that would be a mockumentary and i don't remember but it's it's when they're in that house yeah then i think it's cult i don't know mm, it was the season before apocalypse sure i haven't seen apocalypse yet (gasps) i know i know i know i'm gonna slap you (laughs) i feel it (laughs) (laughs) just know i feel that anyway but yeah, shows that mock documentary style yeah, film making. That's, and that's Incredible. very similar. And it's not funny. No, it's not. <laughs> At all. It's actually terrifying. So it doesn't have to be <laughs> it doesn't have to be a funny mockumentary. It's yeah. just a movie shot like a documentary. Yeah, it's a even, style of filmmaking. Yes, even Cloverfield, is that what it's called? Is I guess mm-hmm. shot like a documentary as well. So it yeah. would be considered under the mockumentary mm-hmm. uh, types. There are movies like that as well, mm-hmm. like actual, like film. Yes. Well, and documentaries to me are a movie, but there's like a distinction somehow. Yeah. So I'm just going to talk about types, specific types of actual documentaries. Okay. So like mockumentaries to me, that's not a type of documentary. That's fake document. We're talking about like categories of yes. documentaries. Right. So like the first one is a poetic documentary. Okay. So these first appeared in like the 1920s. And the reason they appeared is it was a reaction to kind of the fictionalized, like dramatic women with the the crying and the (laughs) men that were so chivalrous. And uh, basically people kind of, you know, putting up their middle fingers to all of that and saying like, this is not real life. Mm. And so they made poetic documentaries where they're kind of weird and... People aren't, uh, people are, aren't very dramatic at all. In fact, they have a very flat affect and have no personality whatsoever. I don't know how, I mean, there's some poetic documentaries that I can see doing really well. Yeah. And some that I'm like, it's almost like it's a cult classic because it's like bad. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Another one is an expository type of documentary. Okay. And I think people are more familiar with this kind of documentary. Mm -hmm. It's more of like uh, they're speaking directly to the viewers. The film is trying to persuade the viewer to this side of of the, you know, their their view, Mm -hmm. basically. Uh, The goals are to sound objective and they're just stating facts. So it's like those documentaries where you hear the voiceovers and uh, it's... Like the animal planet. Yeah. Where they're talking about... Now the baboon scratches his ass. <laughs> well, that might be observational. Okay. Documentary, but I'll I'll tell you the difference. Or, so, expository to me is like exposing the White House or exposing oh, okay. like you're exposing something that maybe people didn't know before kind of thing. And so it's very dramatic mm. and you're trying to sway the viewers to believe you. Okay. So, I think of this as kind of like the true crime story documentaries right okay yeah yes yeah okay stuff like that or like if you have seen the documentary the family that Mm -hmm. is a good example of an expository documentary style the next one is observational okay so that's the baboon's ass (laughs) yes so this one is i i I could consider it that yes but Mm -hmm. kind of the category you're looking for is it's observing life with minimal interference okay so, yes, like those yes. kinds. Have you ever seen that video of the honey badger? Honey badgers don't care. Honey <laughs> yeah. badgers don't give a shit. I have seen it's that. Yeah. Honey badger just eats all the bees' asses. 
Lord. That came out whenever I first started college. <laughs> that shows our age. Okay, so observational, observing life, as little interference as possible. You want to know uh, a tidbit? Sure. Whenever I was uh, studying voiceover work, I myself was interested in becoming a voice narrator for observational documentaries. Nice. Well, it, uh, yes, I can see that. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, is there, they kind of observational ones usually don't love the voiceover kind of style. Mm. They like it to just the images to kind of speak for themselves mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, instead of having somebody talking the whole time, but mm-hmm. I think it, I think those kinds like those wildlife ones are kind of a mixture of different ones. Mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of documentaries aren't always just one or the other, unless they specifically want to be, I want it to be like Tom Hiddleston with his documentary over the penguins. <laughs> Did you ever see that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because he couldn't say the word penguin. <laughs> yes. He said penguin, penguin, penguin. <laughs> Penguin. Exactly. And he kept changing it up throughout the documentary. Like, he was like, he was, I know this is wrong. This is, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do, kids. <laughs> I know it's wrong. I don't know why, but I'm going to keep saying it differently till it's right. Because my voice is sexy and you're going to listen to it anyway. Penguin. Penguin. Okay. Another one is a participatory where this kind of person, if they are specifically doing this kind, they believe that people act differently when they're being filmed Hmm. and they kind of expose this. They want people to know they don't normally act this way when cameras aren't around. That's, I relate to this so much because this is not how I normally act. (laughs) I disagree. This is not my normal voice though. Yeah. You have like a presentation voice. I have a presentational voice when I'm on air. I guess we would be considered a participatory documentary. Except for the episodes where we're drunk. Sure. That's normally me. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. And then in participatory, they also, the filmmaker is usually involved Mm. in talking. Like they're not just involved in filming. They are also talking to people. I've seen some really trippy, like existential crisis type of documentaries that are this style. Like it's all very dramatic and like, so like shallow and it's, it's just like very, very, I don't know. People are more focused about the aesthetic of the film than they are the actual content of the film. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I do. Thanks. Reflexive is another one. Okay. Um, asks you questions on the legitimacy and realism of documentaries. Okay. So kind of similar to the last one. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is uh, performative. So highlighting subjective experiences and emotional experiences. So they're more about the drama, like the more <laughs> drama, the better kind of thing. Like the real world. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, usually these are like strongly personal and they, they make you experience what it's like to be in the life of fill in the blank, like the life of a gay man, the life of a black Mm. man, the life of a woman, like you, these are ones that put you in those shoes. So Mm -hmm. to me, Paris is burning would be an example of a, a performative. I see. That's really cool. Very dramatic and letting you be in the life of those certain people. Have you seen Paris is Burning? No, I haven't. But the way you've described it. We need to watch Paris is Burning and then we need to watch Apocalypse. It's on my to-do list. 
Okay, well, I'm gonna... I don't know about Apocalypse, but the Paris is Burning is. Okay, well, I'm going to give you a VIP pass to um, your own couch. Thank you. So that we can add it to the top of the list. We will add it to the top of the list. <laughs> so, Alex. Yes. Have you ever wanted to make a documentary? Yes, I have wanted to make my own documentary about how amazing I am. Because the world needs to know. Well... The first thing you really need <laughs> is a topic people will be interested in. Yeah, my life. This is, I'm trying to tell you something here. Yeah, my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. But uh, basically, so there's a lot of information online. So if mm -hmm. you really want to know, you should go online. I'm just going to tell you a couple of basic things that most sources said you should do before and during a documentary. Okay when you're making one. So you need lots and lots of information, mm -hmm. basically. Uh, you need to find a worthy topic and then you have to research the hell out of it. Mm. So basically you need to think, would my family, my parents, and anybody else who doesn't know me want to watch something about this subject? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, then maybe you shouldn't do that. Mm. If the answer is yes, then go for it. Yeah. I mean, why not? Um, and to me, research is a duh. Like you should do research. Yeah. Whenever you're doing documentaries and things. I don't normally research. Yeah, I'm I know. just the pretty face. <laughs> I'm the researcher <laughs> most times. <laughs> um, hire people if necessary. That's another big one. Mm -hmm. uh, they say that a lot of documentaries that fail is because people are too proud to hire somebody. So if you aren't particularly good at cinema or... I don't know, like coming up with your own script, if there's a script to it, mm -hmm. which it shouldn't be if it's a documentary, but right. just my opinion. I just don't have that kind of money. Right. So I'm still going to do it all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, plan out your recordings, but be prepared to shoot on the fly. We do that sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Make sure you plan things out and do what you plan. Yes. But if there's something that is needs to be done mm -hmm. and and or you are out somewhere and then all of a sudden something that is relevant to your documentary happens, you should be able to kind of just be like, oh, we need to shoot this mm -hmm. and have the equipment kind of accessible. Yeah. Uh, and then an, the last thing that it says for starting your own or doing your own documentary is you really need to, especially if you're on your own and you're not with a big corporation or company, mm -hmm. you really need to be able to market yourself. Marketing is one of the biggest factors in today's culture. Yes. For if you real. cannot market yourself, I mean, there are thousands of talented people in the world. Yeah. Um, why just, should they watch you? Yeah. Why should they? Let's just go for singers, for example. There are so many incredible singers who sing in the subways of New York City, mm -hmm. and they are 10 times more talented than most of our pop stars, but they are not marketable. Right. Most of the pop stars you see today, they have been through the ringer mm -hmm. and like they do classes on what to say and how to how to, how to market yourself. And yeah. How to do all these different things. It's and just like most jobs. Honestly, you need to know how to market, market yourself. yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And that's common. Like I said, with most jobs, like any job that you have, if you know how to market yourself, you'll do really well mm -hmm. in life. If you don't, and you've never been taught, like right. in college, I was specifically taught how to sell myself mm -hmm. as a, <laughs> as a music therapist. Yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of how you approach it. And so in this instance, it's saying 
marketing as in finding your audience. Mm-hmm. So start a Facebook group about the documentary and start asking your local places to advertise it. And if it's big enough, like if it's a big hot topic, hot button issue, mm-hmm. other places might pick it up. Yeah. So just coming up with a trailer might be a good idea mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Yes. And like I said, there's a ton, a ton of, um, information mm-hmm. on the interwebs Yes, that will tell you other things that you should do. Also sex sells people. Okay. Just, Listen, just have a hot guy or a voluptuous. We woman. are not telling you to go and sell yourself for a documentary. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to have a hot guy or a voluptuous woman. Hold the poster. While you go market things. Just have one of those uh, spinning things that you stand at a car wash or like a a tax place and they're Mm -hmm. spinning it. Have them dressed as the Statue of Liberty, but not really because they have to be naked. A very skimpy Statue of Liberty. Yeah. She's already skimpy enough, actually. All she's wearing is like a cloth. That's it. It's just wrapped around a couple times. Truth. Right? Sure. I don't know. She wears a crown, (laughs) which is totally backwards of what America's supposed to stand for. That's very true. We're supposed to not be a monarchy. It's okay. The Statue of Liberty did not get that memo. She didn't read that email. The French made it. She doesn't know her. They were like, fuck Americans. (laughs) Okay, anyway, we're done on that now. Okay. That's all I have. Okay, well then we shall move on to... Brewing something bitter. Meredith, my dear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What makes you bitter? The amount of money I spent on my hair (laughs) is an unreal amount of money. I have never, I have never (laughs) spent that much fucking money on my hair before. I left. The hair salon and almost cried. I was like, it's beautiful, but my God, it was expensive. Mm-hmm. Hair is really expensive. Are you ready for this? I'm going to tell you how much I paid. Okay. How much did you pay? It included a lot of things, mm-hmm. but some of them I didn't know were priced because she kind of just said, would you like a hair mask? And I said, sure, mm-hmm. let's throw a hair mask in there. Don't just let them throw hair masks in there. Okay, uh, you know, let's play a game. Okay. You're going to tell me from start to finish what, what happened, happened okay. to your hair, and I'm going to guess how much it costs. Okay. So, I got a balayage. Okay. Okay. And then they have to put a, some kind of gloss on it so that it doesn't yellow. Okay? Not necessary, but okay. That's what she said. And then she said that I need a hair mask, and I said, okay. And then she also sold me some product. Hold on. I'm calculating. Okay. Okay. And then she sold me some product. What products? Uh, she just sold me a shampoo. Just a shampoo? For scalp care. Okay. And then a trim. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, is that all? Yes. I'm guessing $240. You are so close. Really? Yes. $250. I paid $251. <gasps> Look at you. <laughs> You're excited and I'm mortified. <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, she said, okay, it's going to be about 250, 157. And I was like, oh my God, 
And then I was like, well, I did get a lot of things. And then some of the stuff that I got also, I didn't realize were charged. Like the hair mask really was the only thing. And then when she trimmed my hair, it was mm-hmm. barely anything. So I was thinking it would be this, but it's the same as a haircut, same mm-hmm. price, $40 yeah, for a mm-hmm. haircut. So I was like, <laughs> I wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's my bitter. How about God, you? I'm so impressed with myself. I, I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Well, you know, my, my grandma, she was a hairstylist and she taught my mom how to cut hair and my sister, she colors, she doesn't cut. My sister's not very good at cutting, but she's really good at coloring. So I know a lot about coloring mm-hmm. just because my sister never shuts up about it. But, um, and my hairstylist, I do have my own personal hairstylist and my own personal barber. So I know quite a bit about hair. Evidently. Thank you. And I guessed right on the money too. You did. Is I that your... right is... there. <laughs> That's your hidden talent. Money. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was mine. Um, Why are you bitter? Did I already ask you that? Why are you bitter? (laughs) You're so demanding. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) We need to get to to a leveled playing field here is what we need to do. Evidently. (laughs) Tell me why you're bitter. Okay, so my bitter also involves going to get my hair done. Uh-oh. But not my the hair on my head. Not my stylist. I went to my barber. Mm-hmm. And um, so the thing... Okay, what happened was... What happened was... <laughs> since I work in a healthcare facility, I always have to remain nice and clean-shaven and, you know, presentable. Sure. So I only see my barber maybe twice, three times... Um, I only see my barber maybe once every two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. So in between that time, I normally trim up my own edges. Right. I normally trim up or just clean up the hair that's left on my cheeks and the hair that's left on the underside of my neckline. Mm -hmm. And um, I normally do that on my own every couple of days just to, you know, keep it presentable. Right. Well, (laughs) what happened was... (laughs) What happened was... I had some very unfortunate lighting... And I cut into my hairline and I raised it quite a bit. Oh, God. (laughs) But only on the left side. (laughs) It's fine. It's only on one side. So um, I was like, fuck. So for the last week, I didn't trim it or cut it or shave it at all. I let it grow back out. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the barber and he was just like, what the fuck? Who the fuck did your line? <laughs> and you were like, and I was just like, I promise I didn't leave you. Mm-hmm. I promise I did not go somewhere else. I just was. It's not you. It's me. I was cleaning it up and I cut in a little too high. And he was just like, okay, yeah, you should stop. And I was just like, you should quit your shit. I can't. And he was just like, okay, well, don't suck at it next time. <laughs> and you're like, I'm gay. That's all I know how to do. <sighs> That's a good one. Shade. <laughs> Thank you. But um, he, yeah, he was just like, yeah, don't do that anymore. Don't. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll just clean it up, do what I normally do. I'll try not to touch the edges anymore. Nice. And he was just like, good, because I'm not a miracle worker. I can only do what <laughs> I, I can, can do. Only do <laughs> I can't grow your hair back. That's funny. okay. Oh, he sounds nice. He's a great guy. Good. <laughs> Um, Alex. Yes. What a sweet this week. 
The Sweet This Week is a show that we're going to. Aww, I'm excited, actually. I'm really, really excited. I had never even heard about it. And then a friend of mine gave me four tickets. Mm-hmm. So I invited two of my friends, and then I invited you, of course. I also tried to invite multiple boys, but they all rejected me. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> it's okay. I didn't need any of them. That's right. You have us. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the other two are, but you have us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to see the show. It's um, the Love and Peace Tour, mm-hmm. and it is the 50th celebration of the Woodstock era. Yeah, I'm so, excited. I'm really excited. I've never been to it before. And I got these tickets from a friend, like I said, for free. I have no idea what the show is about. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people keep, kept asking me all day long. They were like, what is it? And I was like, I don't I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going. <laughs> so hopefully it's great. Oh, shit. But yeah. I'm excited about it, though. Good. Yeah, me too. Experience something fun and new. Indeed. Because I haven't been out since the dark ages. Yeah. Well, it happens. <laughs> What about you? What's sweet this week? Have you seen my hair? I have. It looks really good. Oh my god! <laughs> it was so expensive, uh, but it was—it's great. It looks like it was worth it, though. Yeah, I truly love my hair. It's really nice. Your hair is—I think our hair is the same length now. Yeah, I think so. Because your hair has been growing out a lot lately. Yes, I think it's because I've got—I got it trimmed like three months ago, mm-hmm. and then I got it trimmed again. <laughs> For an absurd <laughs> amount of money, uh, I got it trimmed again on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. it's just been growing really well. And then yeah. I got it balayaged, or however mm-hmm. you say that, balayage, whatever. I've always heard I think balayage. I'm, I think I'm adding an extra syllable in there. Uh, yeah. Balayage. You've studied so many languages. Balayage. You, <laughs> you just throw in a couple of different things. <laughs> I guess. But anyway, it's wonderful. It I love it. Really a lot. nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm flipping it for around. You. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of the world, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to get a hold of us. All of our contact information will be in the description, as always, as well as all of our platforms you can reach us on. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, have a beautiful day, a beautiful life, really, just in general. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace. Peace.